Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. In the January edition of History Today, Tom Wareham has written a fascinating article on the pirate William Kidd, legendary uh, pirate, of course. Um, but what Tom reveals in the article is that Kidd is a very, very different character than one normally portrayed. And in fact, he was the backdrop to his career was an extraordinary um, episode in the early days of the British Empire. Um, hello, Tom. I just wanted to ask you because Kidd was executed on May the 23rd, 1701. And I wonder if you could tell us how we got to that point, because Kidd had been employed uh, by the East India Company, or rather a group of people assembled around the East India Company who had been his backers. Can you tell us something about Kidd's background? Well, as far as we know, um, Kidd first comes to public attention as a privateer. Um, recruited by the Royal Navy to help against the French in the Caribbean in the late 1680s. Uh, basically a private, um, not, qu not quite a mercenary, it's somebody who is, um, private, is funded as a private soldier or sailor to actually fight for the government. And so he's a, he's a privateer um, working for the British government. And what exactly is he involved in this? Well, he's... One of the problems that the, the British have in um, fighting the French in the Caribbean is basically one of distance and lack of resources. Um, they don't have a large enough navy in the 1680s to, to protect the colonies that the, the British have got. Um, and so in desperation, uh, local governors in the Caribbean start recruiting uh, people with expertise to actually help them defend the the colonies against attack by the, by the French. And Kidd is recruited as one of these. So he's clearly recognized initially as somebody who's got expertise both in a martial and in a maritime capacity. Um, we're not quite clear where the, this sort of expertise comes from, although there are suspicions that he might have been uh, a, uh, a pirate at a fairly early stage, though there's little evidence for this at uh, this particular point in time. But once he is recruited as a privateer for the Navy, he is very successful um, waging um, a campaign against the French. And, and in one particular battle, um, he is commended by the, the Royal Navy for his expertise and his success. The problem is that having waged a successful battle, his crew mutiny, and this is, in a sense, his first own experience of uh, troubles that were to, um, to, 
that hit him a bit later on. And Keats' career is set against a background of the early British Empire here. And I wonder if you could paint a picture of the intrigues going on there. This, I think, is the most interesting and important part about the, the kid's story because it's not just the story of a pirate. Um, he is actually um, a small player in a much bigger issue which involves the control of both the new, sort of relatively new British colonies um, on the east coast of America, but also on commercial exploitation in the East Indies. And, of course, the 17th century is a very interesting period for Britain because, you know, we've engaged in a civil war, which we've recovered from quite successfully. Um, and at the same time, British um, commercial ventures are beginning to spread out across the, across the world, most famously in the form of the, the East India Company, of course. And it's the East India Company that plays such a significant part in the kids' story because they are extremely powerful, but they're also something of a hindrance to the development of um, the, the commercial growth of London in particular and, and Britain overall, because they basically are sitting on top of um, the East Indies trade and refusing to let anyone from outside London, or indeed anyone from outside the East India Company itself, get involved. So there are a number of, number of different issues. One is to do with commercial increase and expansion, but also there's this issue of the political control of governments. And where these all come together is actually in the fact that the, the, the new American colonies, or rather the new British colonies in America, who want uh, to be able to access the, the wealth of the East Indies, um, you know, they have their own desire to get the, the commodities that are you know, so popular in London. They, it's quite understandable that people living in New York, for example, want to be able to get those commodities for themselves, and they want to get them at a reasonable price. Um, and the fact that London is, or rather the East India Company in particular, is hindering this uh, leads to a sort of growing conflict between London and um, London and New York and the other colonies. And this shows a real division in this nascent British Empire at the time between the way in which stuff is done in the West Indies and America in the Atlantic trade and that's, that's done in the East Indies, particularly with the Mughal Empire, for example. Yeah, it's quite surprising. I think people are often surprised to find that British commercial expansion, particularly in the Caribbean um, and in the Americas, is actually, uh, you know, it's a commercial expansion. It's not a military territorial takeover. For example, there's a great example in the, the um, seizure of Barbados by the British in the 1620s. It's not actually you know, a military invasion in the name of the crown. It's a commercial expedition by merchants of London, and they, they pay for it, and they organize it, and they seize the island themselves. And there's a very interesting uh, bit of evidence for this in a map which is printed around the 1650s, um, which is actually held in the British Library. And it's a, a map of um, the island of Barbados. Right in the center of it, it says very clearly, the 10,000 acres of land which belongeth to the merchants of London. Um, you know, it's a fantastic clear statement that actually Britain expands because there's commercial demand for it to do so, not necessarily because there's territorial need um, for, for military or strategic value. Which presumably makes it far more economical as well to, um, if, 
if an, if an empire, if you didn't even wish to call it like that, is set up in such a way? Um, I'm not sure. I think it, it's an interesting idea. But the problem is, what it means, of course, is that the, the military interest, if we can put it that way, in Britain is always being dragged behind the commercial interest. And indeed, you know, it may well be that the need to protect, protect British economic and commercial interests overseas is the spur that leads to uh, naval uh, development and eventual naval supremacy. So it's an interesting proposition which one comes first. And so how does this all affect the career of William Kidd? Well, the problem is that Kidd is actually just one of a number of let's call him a sailor, for want of a better phrase, is one of a number of sailors who actually takes advantage of the desire of uh, people living in the American colonies to have uh, luxury trade goods by um, going down and literally seizing them off of the, uh, the Indian coastal trade, or the, what's sometimes called the, the country trade, which is the small ships sailing around the coast of India. Um, so kids, you know, having learned of... Uh, this, this threat to the East India trade um, decides to, to try and raise the funding to actually send uh, a ship down or take a ship down himself as a funded privateer to actually attack the pirates, not to, not to attack the East India trade, but to attack the pirates. And, and then um, having got a legal license to do this from the government, the plan is that he will then capture a number of pirates, take the, the loot that they themselves have illegally seized, and return it to uh, New York, where I think the plan is that it'll be fenced, for want of a better phrase, by the Earl of Bellamont, who was one of the, the original subscribers to the Kidd project. And this is played out against real political tensions in London, isn't it, as well? Yes, and it's the background in a sense that's very interesting because the, um, we've got the, the broader political change um, uh, during the 1680s, of course, uh, James... The second, who is one of the patrons of the East India Company, in fact, a number of companies, um, is overthrown by, uh, by the Whig support for William of Orange. And um, it, what's happening is we're not only getting this sort of shift from Tories to Whig politics in Britain for a while, we're also seeing a, a change arise in interest of the, sort of, I suppose, the commercial bourgeoisie, if we can use that phrase, you know, it's the mercantile interest in London who's finally beginning to express itself. So, uh, you know, before 1680, you have the East India Company with a, you know, a very privileged trading charter, which gives them a total monopoly over the East Indies trade. After 1688, that situation is completely reversed, and it's a much more open commercial environment for traders in London to actually get involved in the trade themselves. Um, I should say, I mean, incidentally, one of the, the, the great things about Kidd is he's, he's very well documented. There are quite a few letters from Kidd um, which don't exist for many other pirates. But also, um, you know, before he is actually captured, a number of his crew desert and they give testimony to the various authorities, especially to the factors of the East India Company uh, in India itself about what is going on. So we get a very clear account that a kid is not an easy man to sail under. Um, and, of course, having got out to the East Indies for whatever reason, and it's quite probable that he realised that he was in such deep financial trouble himself, having signed all sorts of contracts to the syndicate, 
that um, his only way of surviving was to actually get um, you know, loot by whatever uh, source he could. And when he couldn't find pirates, then the next easy option was to attack the, the Pilgrim fleet, which is, of course, what he eventually does. Um, he was eventually charged and executed. Yes, yes. And, and the interesting thing about that is he thought that he was going to be tried for piracy. And he prepared his defence on that basis, only to get into court to be charged initially with murder. He actually murdered uh, the ship's gunner, a man by the name of William Moore. Um, incidentally, by by breaking the, the man's head with a, an iron-bound bucket in a, in a sort of fit of fury, which was not unusual for Kidd. Um, but of course, the, the story of this murder gets back very quickly, and when Kidd comes to trial, thinking that it's going to be a trial for piracy, it's actually a trial for murder. And he is initially tried on that count and found guilty. And of course, at the time, um, being found guilty of murder ensured that you would meet the death penalty. And he did. Yes, absolutely, the execution dock. And so um, what, what we get from this is a far richer portrait of the world uh, where the world of the pirates clashes with that of enormously powerful political interest there, the nascent British Empire. It's a very, very rich picture here, isn't it, that goes way beyond the stereotype of, that we normally have of pirates like it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it, it is... It, you know, most of these stories actually behind them have similar elements. You know, it's about commercial interest, it's about greed, it's about political manipulation, uh, power struggles of various sorts, whether you know it's, it's within government or between governments, and this sort of thing. The, the thing about the kids' story is that it all comes together within the space of about you know, ten or fifteen years. All of these elements suddenly become. Um, you know, very active, and Kid is right in the, right in the centre of it. And of course, there is a, this, just this fantastic combination of facts that one of his backers you know, happens to be Edmund Harrison as well. You know, the, the, the coincidences in this story are just uh, fantastic. You well, thank, make it up. Well, thank you, Tom. It's a fascinating portrait, and um, it can be read in the January edition of History Today. Thank you. Thank, thank you very much, Paul. Great, thanks. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.